Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy. Or what day is it? Every day is Friday if you're stuck at home and you believe in oh it. Oh my God. That could be on our merch. Every day is Friday <laughs> in Los Angeles. Woo! <laughs> and then we could do a collab with Summer Friday. <gasps> oh, dreams. Dreams come yeah. to woo. Baby. <laughs> Happy Friday, our little glamshalinos. I feel like I'm a geriatric grandma when I talk to y'all. It's like, why? We're all, I, I don't know. The people that listen to this podcast are definitely at least our yeah. age based on the demographics yeah. that we receive from a cast. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just old at heart. Some people are young at heart. I'm an old. But you're going to be a great grandma one day. That's why. I am. I'm going to be a fucking boss grandma. I'm going to be hot <laughs> And sassy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have your Jacono facelift and. Just... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait, Sarah. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. Y'all, the reason I even decided I was getting a facelift at 45, the woman that got it is a Los Angeles listener. I went on Dr. Jacono's Instagram page, found this woman's post and shared it to my Instagram. And that's when everyone started losing their crap and was like, oh my God, I need this immediately. She's she's like in her 40s and she literally looks mid-20s. She looks amazing. And she sent us on the Instagram, on the Los Angeles Instagram, she sent us her post from Jacano and was like, hi, it's me, a <laughs> Los Angeles listener. And I, I honestly, my jaw dropped. I felt like a celebrity was following us. I know when I so it was you know in our requests inbox, and then when I opened it, I immediately screenshot it and sent it to Kirby, and I was like, "Oh my god, look who's like, in our it's inbox!" The woman. It is the woman. Um. Anyways, yeah, I'll have my Jacano facelift and look like <laughs> a million effing dollars. <laughs> That'll be my second one at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm getting yeah, one at sure, forty sure. and one at seventy, yeah, like yeah, Jane Fonda. Yeah. You, you guys know. will be best buds by then. Um. Okay, so who do we have on the pod today, Curbs? Y'all, we have the cutest human being of all time. Not even cute, just cool. Fun, vivacious. Everything I wish I was when I was her age. So she's 10 <laughs> years younger than us, so we really are her grandmas. No, just kidding. But it's Barbie Ferreira. So I'm guessing if you listen to this podcast, you know who Barbie Ferreira is. If you do not... Barbie is a model and she's an actress and the current face of Becca Cosmetics. Barbie made headlines with her Airy campaign in 2016 and soon very quickly became the face of the body positivity movement. She made her TV debut last year in HBO's Euphoria as Kat and she is phenomenal and looks so badass has the coolest makeup coolest outfits funnest storyline like just really cool stuff happening on that show and she will actually appear in her feature film debut called unpregnant on hbo max tbd on when that launches but obviously um you know working with becca we wanted her to come on the pod and she so graciously just got on a good old Zoom call with us Obliged. and was wearing her glasses and pajamas and, you know. She's talking about like her roommate. She's got a roommate. Yep. How much she like has loved living in L.A. because she's only been here for a couple of years. It was just like, yeah, she's just so real. 
A down-ass chick. After we got off this interview, Sarah and I talked about how we felt this was truly one of the best interviews we've both ever had in our careers, just because she wasn't afraid to go there and really talk about things that were relevant to not only what our listeners care about, but what's happening in the world in terms of beauty, fashion, social media, and things like that. Oftentimes with brand ambassadors, they are very, very put together. They have their talking points. They've been prepped out the wazoo. So, you know, you can barely get an authentic sound bite out of them without it sounding like a marketing conversation. And this was not the case with Barbie. There wasn't even a Becca representative on the call. Like it was just her being herself. I feel like that's just a testament too for Becca, like as a brand, because what even when they um, collaborated with Chrissy Teigen, it was very much the same way. Like Chris, they let Chrissy do Chrissy, and you know we we all got some amazing quotes <laughs> from our all of our interviews with Chrissy. So. Yeah, I really I have like so much respect for Becca and and obviously these these people that they tap to work with them are all just incre- like not only are they incredible and, you know, speak out on social issues and stuff like that, too, but like are just true beauty fans. Mm hmm. Agreed. So they actually care. They wear makeup. They like experimenting yep. with it. It's not something new for them because they're getting paid money. But you would think is like you know, easy in, in the beauty industry, but you you would be surprised with these ambassadors that people, brands pick. You're like, I don't actually think you know what you're talking about at all. Like the only person I have really interviewed outside of Barbie that seems to just really understand what the hell's going on is Jennifer Aniston. Like that bee knows a thing or two about like not just skincare, but treatments and, you know, PRP, like... She was like, should I be getting PRP right now? I mean, so it's always exciting when somebody that you're interviewing, especially when it is tied to a brand like this, she's not shoving the brand down your throat and also is passionate about beauty Mm -hmm. because this is a beauty podcast. That's what we want from our guests. So um, please enjoy this episode with Barbie. You guys know where to find her on Instagram, but if you enjoy her interview, give her a follow. Follow Becca Cosmetics to hear more about what she's doing with them. And of course, follow us. It's Gloss Angeles Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Join our Facebook group and find us on our website, www.glossangeles.com. And we will talk to you on Tuesday. Wait, that's wrong. Glossangelespod.com. Oh, did I just say just glossangeles.com? Yeah. Whoops, it's glossangelespod.com. And you guys know that because I've said it a hundred times at this point. All right, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> I cannot believe we have Barbie on our freaking podcast. I know. This is a major moment for us. So if we're a little giggly, please excuse us. I am so excited to be on here. I love going on podcasts and especially good ones. I just love to talk and, you know, I listen to podcasts all day. So it's it's honestly so exciting for me. <laughs> I'm like the podcast world. What's your astrological sign? Oh, I'm a Sagittarius. My I'm an Aries rising. I am an Aquarius moon. Um... Yeah. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Wait, so you have a lot of fire in your chart. You're fiery. I love it. I love I'm it. I'm very fiery, and it's it's it, it's been uh, an issue that I've been gr- <laughs> I've been acknowledging within myself about being a Sagittarius. I think that comes with a lot of things. I think Sagittariuses are like the accumulation of all the signs in one. So we just tend to be chaotic. Oh my God, but in love the best it. way. Chaotic good. Chaotic good is the is the key word there. Love it. Kirby, yes. and, Kirby and I are both Capricorns. So. Yeah, so we're right after oh, you. I love Capricorns. We're just... I think Capricorns are really cool. And they're right... I'm like a couple weeks off from being a Capricorn. So I really do enjoy Capricorns. So are you a December Sag? Yes, December 14th. Oh my gosh. So many people born around that time frame. December like 13th through 18th. So many like very prominent, very creative people born in that time frame. So... I think it's good. My mom told me she, um, uh, she, she, what would con- the, what, do you, what do you call when you like when you first have sex and have the baby? I don't even know, but she was like on Con- Saint conceived, Pat- conceived to be on Saint Patrick's Day. I'm like, oh boy, so that must. Be- oh well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> a lot of people were celebrating Saint Patrick's Day. She would always point to the apartment. She's like, this is where you were conceived. I'm like, I don't really need all that information. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mom. But no amazing. Thanks. 
Um, okay, Barbie. So when we uh, start off our episodes regularly, we have a segment called What's, What's on, on Your, your face? face? And this is just a moment where our guests can talk about a product that they're loving, maybe one or two products that you're loving. Obviously, we know that you love Becca and you're an ambassador, but if there are other brands that you might want to shout out right now, please, by all means, go for it. Sure. I've been really on my skincare wave. You wouldn't know because I have a raging pimple on the side of my face, but I think with quarantine and all, I've been kind of not wearing as much makeup and mostly just moisturizing and, you know, lashes kind of things. So God, I've been using a lot of the skincare from IS Clinical is clinical is Love. clinical i don't know but is clinical is good i say is tomato 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 i've been using um just like honestly just like anything that just makes me feel really moisturized and cute so that's definitely a brand that i've been using for skincare and what else am i have i been using i've been i've been like more into my hair because i started bleaching it so hair has been a thing that i just never think about and now i'm i have like a little i don't even know what the name is this is I, i'm such a makeup person and then with hair i'm just like i have no idea what this is but i've been using just like hair oils from like noto and you know kind of just trying to keep it alive trying to keep it alive it's it's oh, getting better we so love noto <laughs> noto is so good this is you're the second guest i think we've had not in a row, that has talked about Noto and how amazing Gloria is. Yeah. So fabulous, Love. fabulous. So Barbie, you obviously are Becca Cosmetics Ambassador. Can you tell us how that relationship started and what does it feel like to be a beauty ambassador for such a major brand? Well, you know, I think um, when I started acting, which was not too long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, um, professionally, I was like, you know, what I really want is to merge what I really like and with a brand I really like and have like a makeup or beauty um, collaboration. And I think I was just so stunned to how soon it happened because I've been a fan of Becca products for so long. And, you know, when they reached out to me, it was kind of just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you, because it's, it's this delicate balance of like, you don't want to promote something that you don't wear and you don't have experience with and that you don't like. So it almost felt like it was too good to be true because I've actually used Becca for most of my life, especially for highlighters and like all these things. And, you know, my experience with modeling, I have just, you know, I, I like know about like casting and like all these things. So I really wanted to be involved in those types of aspects of the um, company because what I really wanted to do was kind of my, my own frustrations and the frustrations of the people that were in the fashion industry at the time and how um, beauty campaigns were done was very exclusionary and kind of like it was like I was like okay we're still on this like we still need like to have like this like blonde skinny white straight person doing this and like we have to like all adhere to that so I mean for me it was much bigger than just a makeup collaboration and liking the product was one and I was just like oh my god Becca like has a great products and that's something that they've always done and it's been very um consistent for years which you know is hard. I think a lot of people don't, a lot of brands don't do that. And they were also extremely open to the creative side of like casting and, and the, how we go about the campaigns, how we go about the messaging and what is the purpose of it, you know, because I think a lot of it can just get stuck in, in the kind of loop of, of like, just, you know, you just show up on set and that's not really what our relationship is. So it's just been really great and very like therapeutic in a way where, you know, all these people that I've known who are so great and who don't necessarily always get the same opportunities as everyone. Like I could just bring them in like my friends, you know? So it's been really great. I love that because I think a lot of times when you do see a celebrity being attached to a brand, it is very much show up at your call time and be done and get paid the money and then move forward. But I love that you were part of the casting process. I think that's why this, you know, the campaigns that you have been working on with the brand have been exceptional. So you seem to have actually a lot of fun with makeup, which delights Sarah and I because sometimes we get you know, guests on and they're, they're more skincare focused and they don't really dabble in makeup, but we love makeup. So we want to talk a little bit about it. Have you always been a beauty girl? You said you have used Becca for most of your life. So I'm assuming yes, but have you always been playful with makeup and, and maybe what was your first makeup memory? Yeah. Oh my God. I think in school, it was definitely my experimental uh, thing that I did, you know, including my outfits. Let's not forget that. I've gone through so many phases and the first time I ever wore makeup, I'll never forget it. I stole, I was very into like 
emo kind of culture and very like goth look. So I stole a little pencil from my mom. I like sharpened it and I just put black eyeliner all over like up and down and just kind of walked out and was like, what do you think? And my mom says, my mom has always been so supportive of me um, expressing myself. And I think that's something that you know, I'm so happy for because some of the looks, I don't know if I would have been like, you should go to school that way. But <laughs> she always was very, uh, you know, open to me experimenting with stuff. And I was probably like nine. So I was really young. And um, she was just like, it looks great. You know, there's no, there was no, um, I think a lot of times when I was young wearing makeup to school and it would just usually be eyeliner because I'm just like, I'm different than the other girls. Like this is, <laughs> as you can tell by my eyeliner. <laughs> but um I, I got a lot of the school itself kind of shaming me. And I remember my teacher was like, you look like you're going to the club to pick up men. And I'm like, I'm nine years old and I'm wearing <sighs> eyeliner. So you're like, what's a club? <laughs> I literally was like, what's a club? And then the same teacher was like, you should have Bratz dolls. I'm like, I love Bratz dolls. So I've always been um, a beauty girl and kind of- Who's this teacher? Oh my God, God. PS166Q, I- <laughs> That's the- school I went to. <laughs> By the way, Kirby and I on a recent episode, we're just talking about how taking black eyeliner and wearing it both on top and heavily underneath is a rite of passage as a young person. So. Yes. And also using misusing cream eyeshadow without powder <laughs> eyeshadow is definitely a rite of passage. I remember I went through my cream eyeshadow and obviously they're like little cheapy stuff from like, you know, wherever I could. Every time I had money, I would spend it on makeup and my grandma I could see her like I remember I remember I went to Mac and I got $50 for my birthday at $50 and I spent $50 on two makeup brushes and she was just <laughs> like what are you doing like she literally was just like are you sure you want to spend all of your money on two makeup brushes I'm like yes and guess what I still have those brushes so it's like you know what I mean like it was just something that I loved I remember I had a whole table full of makeup and it really, my makeup style has evolved so much and it does still, and it always did. So it just depended on my mood. And I loved wearing crazy eyeshadow looks and also lipstick. I remember I went through like a phase in high school where I was known for my lipstick. I wore um, a really dark purple. Um, I think it was like Rebel by MAC. It was like that, like, you know, it was like the little dark purple. And then I would do like mm. bright red and then bright pink. And it was like every day was a different color. So, I mean, I've always loved beauty and like makeup and I think I still try to um, explore makeup too at the time, like, you know, for fun. <laughs> I'm curious, how has your fascination or love of beauty, like you said, it has evolved over time. So maybe from childhood to modeling to acting and something like Euphoria, how has your um, perception of beauty and and the makeup you wear change? Well, I think every time I, I'm in a different industry or different time in my life, what's needed is different. So with modeling, I couldn't really wear makeup because I, I couldn't do anything with my hair. And I started modeling at 16. So, you know, I makeup was something that I didn't even bring when I traveled because I knew when I went to work because it was like I was working for two days straight and then I'd go home, right? So I think there was like a lull of like my makeup passion because I was everyone else was expressing makeup on me except for myself and I think with acting and being on euphoria it's it was like even during the process was very collaborative and I love working that way I think that might be not the, <laughs> sometimes it's annoying but like I, I really like working that way and with euphoria they were like Kirsten and Donnie were very open to ideas and I think that's where we really like that magic happened was like their ideas and then whoever the character was. So like Alexa Demi would always like, you know, she'd always bring in her like the gems. It was her who brought the gems. She's like, I want to wear this. And you know, I, I would come in with like a shape of an eyeliner, which ended up being the finale look. And I was like, I kind of like eyeliner. That's like this. And we just text each other like beauty, like geeks, you know, like I'd be like, look at this video. Like I remember I watched a YouTube video on like the perfect, like flicked eyeliner. And I was like, I was trying to find and trying to show a reference of, what eyeliner works for me because it's works everyone's so different like the flick has to look different on everyone I just like it's so you know everyone has a different face shape and eye shape so I was just like this is what works for me and it clicked in that way and it was very collaborative and learning and sometimes we put something on and you know we were running out of time and that's what ended up being on the TV you know what I mean it's just it was a really cool um experience where we either had a little bit of time and we had all the time in the world to um to like create these looks so it's it was really fun with that and I've been playing with makeup more since then just because I don't really 
you know, I don't really do the same things that I used to do as a model, which was like, you know, traveling a lot and like kind of having other people's work on me. It's like my body, my brand now. So so it's sort of like, I feel like I own my own self more, you know? It's your identity. I was going to say, um, Donnie just got nominated for an Emmy. I know. Incredible. Hello. I knew, That's, I knew it. As we were doing it, I was we like, knew it. there's something special about this. I'm like, Donnie and Kirsten are doing something completely different. Yeah, it's <laughs> incredible. Like, I think, you know, when the show started, Kirby and I would talk about how it was just so cool how Euphoria made makeup fun again for young people, like for teenagers, like for because because for so long it was everyone trying to recreate these like YouTuber looks and like the Instagram brow, which are beautiful, but just like, you know, not as playful as wearing gems and like wearing a colored eyeliner. And it was just so refreshing to see that. Well, also like women, we create our identities based on, you know, the way we look for better or for worse. And so I think it's really interesting that, especially with Euphoria, that, you know, Donnie was able to come to you and Alexa and everybody else and you guys had input on your characters because, like, that's not normal. <laughs> most most people aren't allowed to give input on what they think their character should be wearing at that time. And, um, yeah, I, Sarah and I, you know, we report – when Euphoria first came out, we were reporting on these looks on a consistent basis because it's what people were searching for, obviously. And it was fun for us because we're so used to seeing, like, very – you know, bland, very controlled, minimal makeup looks from time to time. So when we finally got a show that was having fun with it, we were like, yes, finally. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's, what's interesting is I think a lot of the YouTube and the beauty world is so focused on like heavy contour and kind of changing the, the shape of your face. And, you know, even I had an aspect of that. I'm like, girl, are you going to put a little bit more contour on me? And like the way that Donnie works is like, it's, it's like you see your skin through, the makeup and I think that was what's really refreshing too is it's like it's not like the no makeup look with like people who look absolutely perfect all the time and they're like you know whatever which is what I came from from like or to the, the very specific face shape changing makeup which I think is cool too but you know euphoria wasn't so much about the face makeup and how it was more about like the expression the colors everything which is what excites me about makeup because I you know how many times can you learn to bake because I already know how to do it and I know I, I, I use it too. Like if I'm going to an event, best believe I have a lot of layers of makeup <laughs> on my face. But, you know, I think with um, the camera, it's a different experience where, you know, you could see the skin texture. I mean, I, I have a big TV just because that's all I do is watch TV and I just invested in one. And like, I can see people's skin textures um, if it's not like under a filter or under whatever. And I get watching Euphoria on this TV. I was like, yeah, like you could see us breathing through, which I think is an interesting way to think about makeup just because it's shifting kind of what is what is commonplace in makeup. I am curious, Barbie, did you learn any tips from your castmates? Like Alexa, I know her mom was a makeup artist, is a makeup artist, um, or maybe from Donnie, like would you guys trade secrets or what is something that maybe you learned from from that? I think the, I never really added anything um, like with glue to my face. So the gems were definitely, and I have some now because I'm just like, whatever, like, that's cute. And like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm going to embrace the euphoria look. And I like, I haven't, I didn't even think about that before. So definitely Alexa with the gems. And I remember when she brought them in and we were just like, she was using it a lot. And then we were going out like one of the weekends and I just put a bunch of them on my face as well before euphoria makeup was really a thing. I was just like, this is fun. Like I like putting extra things on my face and like adding like accessories to the face. So I definitely learned about that. And I think with Johnny, it's like what I've learned was so much of just like how makeup works in this industry. Like, you know, like if I have a bruise on my leg, it's like, we're going to get, we're going to airbrush it out or something, you know, if it's not consistent with the same scene that I was in and, how tricky that is of continuity and especially with these crazy looks it's like I mean I would be in the makeup chair for hours and it, we shot let's say the Halloween scene for I'd say like a month each episode was a month which is very very long for an episode so you know having that the glitter crosses looking exactly the same and throughout the day of like 14 hour days is extremely hard and you know, I also learned a lot about like lighting with makeup. Like sometimes I'd have a bright orange lip, but there's one episode where my lips are bright orange, but it doesn't look like that at all. So I was like, oh, like Donnie is thinking on what it looks like on camera rather than what it looks like, you know, in like a, a bright lit 
picture, you know? So those were really cool things to to kind of understand. I um got to do a Zoom makeup masterclass with Kirsten uh, at like the beginning of the pandemic. And it was like, we got sent all these gems that we got to play with. And it was perfect because we we're all still wearing our masks. So, and like, I was always afraid to wear something so bright and colorful, but it was so much fun. It's so fun. Loved it. And it kind of takes you out of yourself. I've always been a person who wears costumes, even like in my day-to-day life. Like if I'm spiraling, like you will know just by the way I'm dressed. Um, it's usually like I'm wearing a weird hat or two hats at the t- same time with like, I remember actually a couple, a few years ago when I was living in New York, I did glitter tears so I would just, there's like a picture of me with glitter tears, just like spiraling outside with like a weird hat that I got from someone else. And that was just like how I walked around that day. So, I mean, it's, it, makeup is so fun. And I think kind of getting yourself out of your own world and kind of looking like something different is so fun to me. Like, that's why I kind of play with hair and makeup every time I go to an event. It's like something completely different, which I may need to hone in a little bit on, but. No, <laughs> it's like, absolutely not. <laughs> So Barbie, you started your career as a model. And at that time, you sort of became this poster child for the body positive positivity movement at such a young age. And, you know, like time named you one of the most influential teenagers. And you yourself were still so young. Can you tell us like what that felt like to have such influence over so many people at such a young age and like being the face of such an important movement? I think when I was 16 and I started modeling, all I did was like, I'm all for American Apparel, right? And I worked at the store and I went to high school. So my life was very much normal. I was getting like 20 bucks to model. You know what I mean? It was like literally that, you know? So it was, that was just the, 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 the company at the time, right? So for a long time, that's pretty much what I did. And by long, I mean, until I was 18. So not wow. very long. Um, and then, <laughs> I started working with artists and um, I started posing for paintings or, you know, kind of my friends who were visual artists would like make blankets of me crying like Petra Collins and like an art basil just be a blanket of a photo booth picture of me crying a real one that I was actually crying in. And we just happened to all have like this like at one point, I don't know why, but on photo booth, I had thousands of pictures of me crying all the time. And one day she asked me and I was like, you know exactly that I have these pictures. So I said her. So it was, it was very kind of like art-based and kind of like my friends and kind of just posing for them or helping them out or doing shoots for magazines that artists primarily, but then also photographers, mostly Petra at the time was that. So, I mean, it felt interesting because I started moving, I was living in Jersey. My mom moved back to New York at 17. So we both did. And then I moved out at 18 and then I just started traveling and I don't think any of it hit me, you know, it's like, it was a weird thing of just being constantly on the go. It was like, at one point it was just like, I was working every single day and like having to be in a different country every day. And I think the pressure, it it both made me love myself. Like I did not really think I was attractive before I started modeling. And I actually was going through a lot of like body insecurities and just eating problems and like, just couldn't be at peace with myself ever in my life since I was a very young kid. And I think that's just from what I've observed and from like bullying and from people making comments and all this stuff. So it was an interesting thing where I felt like I was birthed like when I started modeling because it just was a different person. You know, I wouldn't even wear, God, I was modeling like, you know, like high-waisted shorts and stuff. And I wouldn't even wear high-waisted stuff because I was so scared of my body being shown and like always worn things that were really big. But it forced me to kind of reckon with the fact that I look like this and I deserve it but I I deserve like being in these things but also how there aren't many people that do this so it was a weird way I think I got I mean I was when I first modeled my first picture that came out it was like it was like thousands of people with their opinion on my body and I was 16 so I couldn't really wrap my head around it and it was really tough and my decision was to be the toughest person in the world and continue doing it. It was, but it was not easy. It was a constant, you know, battle. And also being in that industry where you're so discardable, but also not, it's just a weird kind of feeling. I think I started kind of, when I first started modeling, I was on the thinner side too. So I feel like a lot of the praise that I got was because I was like a size 10 and like, and, and a lot of the bigger women weren't having the same um, attention. 
and it was, but I was caught up in it. So I was always talking about body positivity and I really believed it. And I still believe to it in a certain degree other than the commercialized um, version of it. But it was something that was very um, part of my life because it was almost like it was, that title was given to me. Like I couldn't work unless I was a plus size model, obviously. So to me, it was like a movement that um, wasn't centered around people who looked like me, but it, it meant something to see someone in a campaign that was even a little bit different than what they usually do. Because at the time, it was really hard. There was like an Italian Vogue cover with like Tara Lynn and like it was like, stunning and that really motivated me. Like the little bits of things that I could find that like I could relate to like seeing myself in um, were the things that kept me going. Because a lot of things that I was doing there have not been plus size models who did it. So it was, in, I was in these like weird situations where it's like these very mean fashion people. And, <laughs> and like, I'm like the only one who is not a size zero and fits into a sample. So it was, it was weird. It was, it, it was weird. And I kind of had a greater understanding of the problems in the industry and how it's not just body size because there are, it was easy for me to do certain things. And it's not easier for people who are actually plus size who are models um, to do it. And now I'm fully like a size 14, 16, and I can really reflect on it and be like, you know, what was I doing? And, but what were people allowing me to do, you know, more of that, that stuff. And I think body positivity is a thing that had really great intentions and really was something that connected me to a lot of the plus size model community. And like, we were all like a team and we were also excited for each other because seeing someone do something may, means that, that, that boundary has been broken and thus it's open for other people. But I think there's so many layers to it. I mean, when I was modeling, I would see things that were just so blatantly racist and blatantly um, only because someone was a plus size model who was black, you know what I mean? And like some girls have to bring in a suitcase and like of like their makeup and their hair and like their products because no one um, is required to know how to do everyone's hair. People are only required to do certain people's hair. So it was something, and then I started talking about that too and kind of um, unpacking what the fashion industry is and like what the idea of beauty is and how even me being within that community, I was the thinnest, whitest, and most like a, a, a straight size model from like my, my shoulders up, you know, it's like, I got away with a lot more than a lot of other people could. And I think that started really um, resonating with me when I started becoming friends with everyone in the community. So I think there's just a lot of problems that are layered and that we don't discuss and that we just kind of, um, and then a lot of people also use it for like selling things. I mean, how many times have I been in a campaign where I'm the only one who's a plus size model and the clothes barely mm -hmm. fit me and I'm not actually plus size. So it's like, and that got, I've gotten a whole lot of people critique that as well. And I think that's completely valid to this day. I'm like, that was a very valid concern. You know, I, for one, was just trying to make some money, but at the time I was literally just a working model. Um, trying to make my rent. So I knew what I was doing and kind of would speak about it after. And that also got people a little bit, <laughs> people were a little, I was a little bit too transparent, I think, with uh, the fashion industry, but it worked out, which is great. No, I, I love that you were transparent. And I think, you know, you talked about just fashion in general. We actually have this question, you know, would you say that the beauty industry is more inclusive than the fashion industry or is there still a long way for the beauty industry to go? I think honestly, just now am I seeing beauty campaigns like Becca's um, where I, it's not mostly the same person and then a tokenized other person, you know what I mean? So I think fashion has been more inclusive because there are more mm -hmm. people of color who are designers and who run things, not necessarily let's say the, the most of like the, the really like high end big money companies, you know, obviously there's, they still have problems, but like the indie designers and the people that people really resonate with, there's, I think with beauty is more complicated because you have to, it's like a big, big business instead of making gorgeous, you know, clothes and stuff like that. So I do think the fashion industry is, is better. I mean, who's to say, but I think the beauty industry is kind of lacking behind because I mean, to this day, most of the campaigns I see are kind of, you know, similar to what I've seen in the past couple decades. Well, we just talked to an esthetician and she founded a company called Clur. And she was saying, you know, like when Black Lives Matter happened back in June, a lot of brands were shocked that their audience was like, how could you align 
with Black Lives Matter. And it's like, well, you've only been catering to white people for the past 20, 30, 40 years. So what else did you expect? So I think Sarah and I, you know, we deal with this a lot where we're like, is this brand really trying to do their best in terms of inclusivity? Or is it a performative thing? And I think the only way to really tell will be like the test of time and see if, if this is a consistent thing that they're they're working on and that they're talking about and they're actually changing within their marketing, within their products that they sell, where they sell, who they hire and things like that. Or is it just performative? Yeah, I think that's a big thing. And I think working with, um, I think voting with your dollar has a lot of um, power. And I think people are starting to really realize that. Um, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are so small-minded I was actually watching my mom recommended me to watch a perfect 14 which is this like documentary um and it focuses on like Ellie Mayday who actually passed away last year but she was a plus-size model and they were just following a few plus-size models I thought it was very interesting and they did it was in 2013 when they um interviewed a couple of uh editors at magazines and there was one I forgot what magazine it was but she was simply like in 2013 so this is like before I started modeling really when the industry was kind of coming to like a turn of like the the time she was like well people only want perfection and this is a business and like we can't sell people it won't sell if we do something different you know and I think what Mm -hmm. we're starting to realize um in 2020 or you know in the past few years is that people are sick and bored, frankly, of like the fantasy we're sold and people want to see, and now that people know that there's, it's an, it's an option to see people like them in these kind of things, it like just elevates, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, people now are aware of it. And like, even if you're a business who is money, who thinks only about money, 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 whatever, 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 you know, I can't relate to those people, but if they are just on a simple like business note, it's like, it is, less you spend more money not um catering to people you know what I mean like you especially with like I mean in that documentary it goes into kind of like the logistics of um plus size clothing lines and it also had she they interviewed the student who asked her school her fashion school she could have a plus size um final like she was going to try to do a plus size line for her final and they said no so it's just we have to just rearrange from the very bottom of how we make clothes, how we market things all the way to the top. It, everyone has to take a bit of responsibility of it. It's not just one person who has all the responsibility to it because that's not how it works because, you know, that's just not how the society has been built for so long. So it, it is a complicated thing. And I think if it's a choice, it's an active choice to cater to people and not just what we've been taught is fashion and beauty. And I think that choice is almost like a no-brainer. It's like, how do you how do you um, exclude, I mean, the average person in the United States, the average woman is a size 14, 16. So it means the average woman can't go into a, you know, whatever it is, um, whatever store it is, unless they're, you know, it's specifically plus size. And plus size, uh, the plus size industry is like billions of dollars. It's like just, and we have like five things to pick from. It's like, you know what I mean? And that's the kind of the problem. And, you know, I also saw this um, one person on Instagram, she posted, uh, they posted, um, this like meme where it's like what plus size brands give us what plus size what we want and it's like it was like a really cool like leather pants like leather like jacket kind of look like very cool and like you know it's like it's like the the thing is there's no resources and the only reason for that is because they don't want that type of person quote unquote to buy their stuff so it's really just at the end of the day it's like do people care or they don't you know it's and voting with your dollar is really powerful I think to your point too about money and and in, in terms of beauty, uh, one of our fellow beauty editor friends, Maya Allen, was um, being interviewed and speaking about how, you know, last year, and I'll probably mess up the statistic, but in, generally speaking, black women spent more money on beauty than non-black women. And so purely from like a money standpoint, like if you are not catering to black women, then you are missing out on making money. Yeah. And I know that is also true for Asian women. Like globally, I think they spend like the most money on beauty as well. And, you know, to think that like there are still brands that I, I'm not even, you know, I'm tan, but I'm not that dark. And like, I can't find shades, you know, like my shade in a foundation with some brands is just, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Why do we need 35 vanilla shades? I mean, that's like, <laughs> like I just don't, you know, it's like, I feel like mm. if I even get 
a little bit tanner or a little bit paler, I have a shade with the exact undertone that I need when it's, Mm -hmm. and then there's like three dark tones. And I think that's what I really love about Becca is that they've always had a really, really large shade range. And that was something that, I mean, with any brand that I work with, like that's something that's really important is just like, are you only marketing towards white people? Like, is this what you're doing? Is this what we are like as, uh, as people like putting out into the world? And you know, it's, 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 it's weird out here. It's, it's a lot of um, things that you wouldn't even know underneath and like what their excuses for it are. And they all are at the end of the day, just ignorant. And it's like, people don't want to put the extra effort in. And the only reason for that is because they don't want the, their consumer to be not the specific person. So I think it's just holding brands accountable for that because it's, 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 it's taking active steps to being racist. So like, what is, what is the thing that we're not understanding here, you know? And thankfully people are loud and people are, are screaming at people. And I think that's absolutely necessary. It's, it's an interesting thing that people are just waking up to now when I think people have been saying the same thing for so long, but I, I'm all for holding people accountable, holding brands accountable for their things. And I think this is really helpful and kind of people are at least now thinking more, you know, rather than too, I mean, it's a little too late, but it's at least that's happening. I'll give it that. Barbie, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Do you follow Gabby Fresh? Yes, I do. Do I? Yes, 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 yes. I know Gabby. So on Twitter a couple days ago, she retweeted this tweet from a brand that shall not be named, but it's like a photo of a girl wearing like a, she's obviously like a size zero or size two. She's wearing this extremely long oversized blazer it's like come on and so she I I pulled up the tweet she's like when brands say it's too expensive to add plus sizes because of the amount of fabric it takes and then make shit like this it's like okay so you really actually are only catering to one type of person yeah and then they're like well having inclusive sizing is very expensive I'm like then why are you starting at a size zero I mean how many people are a size zero that is it's like how many I, I teenagers like people who are small like those are rare as that is rarer <laughs> than having someone who's a size 14 right so if you're starting at a zero um mm-hmm. then you're already or an extra small it's like who and you're only and you're stocking up on the extra small you know you have like hundreds and you only have a couple of the xls it's like that to me doesn't make sense as a person in a business because you could be starting at a four or a six and then going up to a size 20 or 22. And even if you're limited, Mm -hmm. it's like, why are you in that side of the scale rather than in the middle? When you know that there are more women in this country who will shop the plus sizes. Oh, so frustrating. Okay. So the reason you are here (laughs) on the podcast today is because you are the face of Becca's new product the becca zero no pigment virtual foundation which we have we've both tried it kirby loves it adores it is going to wear it all summer she says but we both agreed that it can be a little confusing to explain to people like what it who haven't tried it like what it actually does and what it is so can you tell us in your own words like what does this product do Yeah. So I've actually this is interesting to me because you know a lot of people are used to a very pigmented um, foundation, right? So I think when you talk to beauty people, that's not necessarily what they want. They want something more pigmented. They want something a little bit more. So I think this product, and I've noticed this with even my own girlfriend, my friends who don't usually wear makeup. I think it's this amazing kind of like blurring, but a pore filling and just like line filling thing, like just, and it's also a great texture and you know, it stays on all day and it's, it's amazing for people who are scared of foundation or even people who, you know, want something a little bit better as a primer. So for me, it's like, I don't wear foundation, right? So I wear the Becca Zero because I can put, I can layer concealer on it. I can layer blush on it and I don't have to put on a pigmented foundation because it just doesn't work for me like that. And a lot of my friends who you know, want to step into makeup, but they don't necessarily want to look like they're wearing makeup, but it, it gives you this like, blurred matte look it's like really but also in a shiny it's like it it hits the bones the correct way and I think this product is really great for people who don't want to wear a pigmented foundation all the time if you want a pigmented foundation this may not be like the thing that is going to like completely take away your 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 breakouts your your you know whatever but it does smooth out the color so for people like me like my girlfriend doesn't wear any makeup you know it's just like it's 
it's something that's really interesting. And like my manager who doesn't wear any makeup, he was like, this is so cool. And like, I can just put this on, go to a meeting. And like, I don't feel like I have to, you know, like when foundation kind of settles in or any of that, it just like gives mm-hmm. you, and it, it makes you look like you're like, like have a filter on. Like I remember when Elle was putting it on my girlfriend and she walked down the hallway and I was just like, you look like you're glowing. You know, it just looks like she is kind of like, it just kind of blurs your face, which is what, you know, filters do, a lot of those pretty filters. So it was like, that's the best way I can explain it. It's like a pretty filter on you. And it, you know, you can layer things on top of it. You can just wear that. And I think it's a, it's such a cool product for, I mean, cause I don't really like pigmented foundation for every day. So I think it's a really cool product, especially the highlight. I think the highlight gives that glass skin kind of look that, I think I'm always trying to search for without it being sticking to my hair. That's also a problem. I used to wear like basically Vaseline on my face um, and then have like my hair sticking to my face like all the time and getting greasy. So it's, it's just like one of those things where it's like a simple product that really works for people who want that. You know what I mean? And I know a lot of people are like saying like, is it a primer? Is it a foundation? I'm like, it's a foundation because it's not meant to be you know, something you put underneath makeup, but it can be used as like a canvas, you know, it's like it makes your skin a canvas. Wow, I really nailed, I really nailed it because when I talked about it earlier this week, I I literally (laughs) said, technically it is a foundation because it's the first thing that you put on your face. You did good. But also it's not meant to be layered (laughs) under anything. So that's why it's, they're calling it a foundation, not a primer. So I feel like I should be getting like, I should pat myself on the back because I really nailed that messaging. I did a great job. Um, I know I personally love it too, Barbie. And I think nobody's really, I mean, I know some people that are going full, full glam (laughs) in social isolation, which that's great. I've done it a few times, but for me, like you're looking at me, I just got out of the shower. My hair is wet. I put on Becca Zero, the no pigment foundation. I put a little bit of concealer where I needed it. And then I have on um, the highlighter lip. And I'm, I'm good to go. But what I love about it is I am super oily in my T-zone. And I feel like with this, I don't have to apply powder every couple of hours and I'm getting super shiny. It, ju- it does that nice blurring effect and it kind of keeps your, it's not matte like you said, because there is like a nice glow to your face, but it still keeps you from having to over powder, which I am very thankful. Yeah, I'm a sweaty girl. Like I <laughs> don't have oily skin, but I have the worst face sweat in the world and like, that to me, it just, like, it changed the game, you know? Cause I'm like, I don't want like a, you know, a drip of foundation that looks like my like beige down my face. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think it, it, it's like, a, it's a product that I've never seen before. And it serves a purpose that I don't think anything else serves a, that purpose. You know what I mean? It's like one of those, like, oh, you hit the nail on the head of like exactly what I needed to either put underneath a little concealer, maybe a little blush, maybe not. And also it doesn't, it doesn't like start you know creasing and it's not something that I have to actively kind of you know it oxidize it doesn't oxidize it doesn't do any of that stuff so for me it's like it's a miracle product it really is and I think for people who are seeking that which I think a lot of people are but are not necessarily the beauty world you know because people like to express themselves in whatever way and usually it's like with a lot of makeup it's like it's serving a purpose for people who don't want to wear foundation and who don't want to wear pigmented foundation I'm a sweaty girl too, so this speaks to me. Yeah, it's sweat it's it's sweaty girl approved. <laughs> I feel like this product is actually kind of catering a little bit more to Gen Z. You're like on the cusp of like young millennial Gen Z, right? Yeah. I'm a grandfather okay. Gen Z. I always think of the grandparents <laughs> of Gen Z. I was there for MySpace, but I was also there for Tumblr. It's just, you know, it's, I was definitely like, I'm like the oldest Gen Z can be December 14th, 1996. So it's like, I've, I can see both sides, but I definitely lean towards Gen Z because <laughs> yeah, I'm like an internet kid at heart. Totally. So would you say that your, you know, fellow Gen Z comrades are like more prone to showing off their natural skin with imperfections versus people that are maybe millennials. Yeah, I think this the beauty standards have just completely changed where perfection is almost boring. I like growing up in New York, it's like perfection was like if you're perfect looking, like we're going to bully you. You know, what I mean? it's like we don't like you. <laughs> you know, it's like the imperfections are really what make people like exciting and beautiful and like I grew up like that. My like the people I hung out with were like the people that, you know, it's like if, uh, body hair, facial hair, um, breakouts, everything is very much 
out there. And it's like, because we're so sick of being like, every, no one, ha no one does this. No one has pubic hair. I'm like, okay, shut up. Like, stop lying to us. We're just like, everyone's been lying to us about everything. And I think that's really what the movement <laughs> is. It's just like, you don't really care how other people perceive you. And the right people will know who, how great you are, you know? And I think that's kind of, I mean, I see some Gen Z people who like purposely look like dorkier or something just on purpose. I mean, that's like everyone I knew, including myself. It's like you, it, it's just like a, almost like a, it's a counterculture to beauty that is now kind of the beauty world, you know? And I think it does cater to that in the sense where, you know, if someone is rejecting the idea that they have to like cover up every single part of their face to look acceptable for the day, then yeah, that's definitely it. And if, if your version of that is wearing all the makeup in the world and like, you know, that's also extremely valid. And I think there's both of those things at once and like happening all around. So yeah, I think it's definitely a great product. for that. And I also think it's a great product for like, even like dads, I keep saying that, but it's like, I just feel like anyone who's afraid of makeup, who just wants something to, it's like a good, like initial start, you know, people who are like, makeup is not for me. It's whatever, whatever. It's like, well, just try this, you know, like it just, this is kind of the effect of makeup without all of the pigment and the need for like skill and for blending and yada, yada. You talk a lot about mental health, obviously. And recently on Instagram, you posted a selfie with a caption that said that you in, you know, amidst the world that is, you know, falling apart, you like to use makeup as a defense mechanism. Um, and then you po you also posted a picture of you in like a wig and you were talking about how, you know, that's how you can tell you're spiraling. You're like trying on different looks. <laughs> you clocked um, me on my spiral. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you talk a little bit more about what that means, like using makeup as a defense mechanism and fashion? And, and have you been doing that a lot in quarantine because it's been very stressful? Yeah, I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like I will wear a wig and like crazy makeup if I'm feeling like, you know, insane. I think it's something about like, I just, I tried on a lot of different hats as a kid because I couldn't find myself as an individual. And I think to this day, I think really no one is one thing. So it just expresses different like aspects of me that kind of def deflect myself from my own problems, you know? So during quarantine, yes, I've been playing with makeup. I like to play, I mean, I've been mostly just wearing like sweatpants, my like literal like Amazon Prime sweatpants that I wear every day and they have holes in them all over. But you know, it's like for me, uh, when I do like go to the grocery store or something, it's like I put on, like, I, the other day I put on like boots for the first time in like months and I was just like, I'm wearing real shoes. I'm wearing real shoes, not my little slides. And it's like, those, it's, it's small victories because you you, I'm so used to like, I, at one point this week, I'm going to have to put on an outfit and go somewhere and do a business meeting or casting, you know, all these things or like, like you know, an audition where I have to look specific ways. So it's kind of just like, I almost like lose myself. And I don't know if that's what's happening with a lot of people, but in quarantine, you, I feel like I've just been with so much more of like my internal self than my external self. And I've almost been like not thinking about my body and my face as much, which is really great because I think going from modeling to acting, it's, it's only gotten worse, to be honest. I feel like um, with more attention is more attention on my body and myself and my looks and the way I look. And every look I have is like, it's a meme or people love it. It's like either or, you know, there's no in between. It's a meme or people love it. So it's, it's kind of like this weird thing where every time I step out of the house, I'm like, are people going to judge me for the way I look? And now, I mean, no, I do, do not think that way. So I am pretty much wearing like my Ravenclaw shorts and like some like weird, like I have my Animal Crossing shirts too. It's just with the mask on, I feel really like liberated to like, especially since I live in LA, it's like moving here. It was, yeah, it's just, there's a little bit of like, like a judgment on what I wear sometimes or how I look. So it's been fun to just play outside of that and kind Absolutely. of just be myself, you know? I think- one thing that you would love have you heard of a bluestone sun shield no it's this i feel like i talk about this product all the time on this podcast but literally it's a visor and it looks like you are in daft punk it protects you from uv rays and it goes down to like here like it's like <laughs> fully and so it covers your whole face so it's great if you're going somewhere and don't want to be recognized and you can see through it. And so like if I'm laying out and I want to protect my skin, like I wear that, I'll go walking, you know, for a little 
little jaunt around the neighborhood and people are so perplexed by it. They stare at you, but like they don't know, <laughs> like they have no idea who's behind the mask. It's great. It's like the mask singer in real life. Oh yeah. And also like if I, I've noticed this too, it's like if you go outside in like a big outfit that called attention to yourself, that is, <laughs> that also is like, there's either or it's like either, like if I like looking exactly like this and going somewhere, no one's going to know who I, like literally no one's going to ever guess that like even whatever. But it's like, if I put on like a dress and like some nice shoes, people in LA specifically will like look at you and try to find like, where do I know her from? Is that someone? Is that an influencer? Is that a YouTuber? You know, like people, <laughs> I've gotten people ask me like, I love your YouTube. And I'm like, <laughs> I like walk They're by and I'm like, I'm like, thanks. I said, thanks. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, wait, I don't have a YouTube. <laughs> You're like, okay, I guess I got to start LA culture is hilarious. <laughs> LA is so whack, but I love it here. I would never leave. I love it's it so here. I just, I'm literally, I'm staying put here because New York is like, Good. it's a different way, but it's in a, it's, it's still similar. I feel like people tend to give New York like this whole, like you can be super different. It's like only if you're in the, the realm of the cool different, you know what I mean? So I think LA is great. I do. How long have you been here in LA now? Um, two and a half years. Ooh, oh, yeah. welcome. We started shooting Euphoria because I moved for the second, ep- the well, not the pilot, but like the rest of it. So yeah. We're glad you stayed. I'm here. <laughs> okay, this is the last question, Barbs. Um, okay, what is your go-to beauty look that makes you feel most beautiful? Um, it, de- it depends, but right now I love having lashes. So I love a lash extension because that just takes away a lot of... I think I have really um, dark eyebrows and kind of soft features. So my eyes are kind of deep set. They get lost in there. So I like a little princess lash, you know, um, same love a princess lash. I just got them filled. Yeah, me too. I'm like, uh, I need my little lashes. That's <laughs> what I need. Like, I don't care about my nails. I don't care about anything. Like my nails literally look like this all the time and like just disgusting, like chip nail polish. Mine are like being picked. It's so yeah, gross. But for me, lashes just change. Even if I, lashes just change the game. And I think, um, I've been using a lot of Becca Zero at in this moment just because I don't really and if I and even then I'll like if I want to do something cute in my eyes I'll like put a little shimmer on a shadow or something but a little blush a little pink blush I like a little pink stuff um, and yeah just like really glassy look that's really my go to right now because I like to wear my glasses a lot too when I'm not working so. I almost feel like the glasses, even though it doesn't do it, it just like completely like the eyes. I'm like, ah, like I'm not going to do anything with my eyes because no one can see it through my glasses. But um, I have colorful glasses too. But like a little shimmer on the eye never hurt. Um, And yeah, lashes. That's it. Kirby is born with like lashes up to her eyebrows. So we are both like, yes, very obsessed with our lashes. Okay. We're, We're lash girls. So I feel you on that. Someone's blessed. She is. She really is. My lashes just go straight. That's the problem. They don't curve up. Same. Mine mine go down. They go straight and down. Yeah, that's why I got to get my lash permed up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Before we let you go, Barbie, do you have any news on Euphoria? Like, are you guys going back to film at some point? Like, obviously, like, nobody's filming anything. <laughs> You're like, stroke my shit. I, yeah, we are at some point going to shoot season two. I don't know. It, it's a very complicated show. There's a lot of people involved. It's cinematography heavy. We can't do it with like a skeleton crew. So I think in order to have the best season two that really looks like season one is as produ- high production value as season one, mm-hmm. um, we have to make sure we're all in the clear because it's going to be 300 people, you know, doing stuff. And we don't want to compromise that. And we don't want to like, no, no kissing on set. Like, <laughs> like that's, oh my that's, God. that's a stretch. Euphoria without the intimate yet. Yeah, no, not the same no, show. It's a stretch. So I think at one point it's going, I mean, it's a hundred percent going to happen for sure, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen this year, so it's, it's not coming out this year. So I, that's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's such a bummer, but obviously we know why. So it'll be worth yeah. the wait. It'll, it'll be definitely worth be wait. worth the wait. And I think that will give it, well, if we have the, it also takes eight months to do it. So I think it's just, or like around there to give or take, but it's just like, it's, it's a big project. It takes most of the year. So just be aware of that, I guess, for most people. They're like, where, where is it coming out? Is this from season two? I'm like, 
we're still in coronavirus. There is still a pandemic. It is record <laughs> highs right now. Like that is not happening at the moment. Totally. Um, Barbie, thank you so much for your time and spending an hour with us today. We This was so fun. We loved meeting you. Obviously, we wish it was in real life. But one of these days, once we're out of Rona, we hope that we can see you and have you back on the show. I would love that. Oh, I love awesome. talking to you guys. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Barbie. Uh, everyone, <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much for listening to Gloss Angeles. You guys know where to find us at Gloss Angeles Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and find our website www.glossangelespod.com. Like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And we'll talk to you next week. Woo-hoo! Woo! Yay! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 